Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Well, I, as I often say when people say, you know, why do you do this? These women, these women could get government support in Australia. You don't need to give them a job. And mm. I'm like, a job in Australia for these women represents so much more than a paycheck. It's a step towards integration. It's a step towards building your confidence. And ultimately, it's a step towards your independence. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 258 of Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with Camilla Skipper. Camilla joined the social outfit as CEO in 2019 after a 20-year career in the field of international development and peace. Previously, she held the roles of Director of the Institute for Economics and Peace, which she led for the decade of 2008 to 2018, and the Chief of the United Nations Office for Partnerships in New York from 2005 to 2007. Camilla has lived and worked in Africa, Europe, North America and Australia. She's a passionate promoter of the principles of multiculturalism, equity and social justice with a particular focus on migrant affairs and issues affecting children and young women. So in today's podcast, we'll discuss insights into supporting women from migrant and refugee communities and we'll hear some of the learnings from sustaining a social enterprise in the fashion industry. So Camilla, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Tom. I'm delighted to be talking with you about my work today. Likewise. So let's kick things off. How about we talk a little bit about your background? You know, what was it that led you, Camilla, to shift from your career in international development and peace to social enterprise? Thanks for that question. Well, I, as you mentioned, I spent over 20 years in international development and peace. That took me from living in Kenya to Norway to then spending a long time at the United Nations in New York. And quite frankly, as I was turning 50, I I wanted a change. Mm. And I was really sick of gray suits. I was sick of international flights and to some extent of big egos. But I reflected on everything that I had learned over those 20 plus years. And there were two things that were staying with me the most. Mm. One was that the project that I had funded that dealt with women's empowerment, particularly providing women with jobs, employment, were the ones that were having the biggest impact on society and trickled down to the entire community. Mm. So that, to me, came across as one of the most worthy investments. The second thing was that just studying and, and researching on, on, on peace indicators for many, many years was that it doesn't matter how peaceful our society is today. If you don't build resilience, that society is at risk of conflict sometimes in the future. Mm. And that resilience is built through strengthening social cohesion. 
So those two things, the social cohesion and the women's empowerment, are two things that the social outfit does so well, which is exactly why I chose to take the helm of the organization. Mm, Wonderful. And you took the helm in 2019. You're CEO now. So can you please tell us a little bit more about how the organization supports women whilst also saving some waste from entering landfill? Sure. It's it's an amazing organization. So let's start with waste first, because that's kind of a quicker answer. Yeah. The fashion industry is one of the worst industry, most exploitative industries out there, and it's one of the biggest polluters. I think it's ranked only second after oil in, in the world. Mm. There is a lot of waste, but not only at the end of the cycle in terms of the consumers. There's a lot of waste along the cycle as well in the supply chain. So what the social outfit does is that it collects that waste. We go to the Australian fashion labels that are still producing here in Australia and we ask them for their excess. Leftover trims, fabric rolls, zippers, buttons, you have it. We take it all and we have some amazing industry collaborators that give us their beautiful waste, Mm. which is how we have been able now to save eight tons of fabric from landfill since we started our operations about six and a half years ago. So that's the environmental side. In terms of supporting women, we have made it our mission to support refugee women in Australia. The reason being that only about 20% of female humanitarian migrants in Australia are engaged in the workforce. Mm. Until you get a job, you don't really start your process of integration. So initially, we were just hiring women upstairs. And I say upstairs because we have a shop front in the very funky neighborhood of Newtown, Sydney. Mm. And on the ground level, we have our shop. And upstairs, one level up is our workroom. So we're all together in in this space. That's where we hire women to make the clothes. That is so that we can build on their skills. A lot of migrants come to Australia with sewing skills. Mm. What they lack is language skills. They don't speak English sometimes or understanding the practices of how we work in Australia. So we focus on employing them teaching them everything there is to know from what superannuation is to your rights to having paid holidays to how Australians would like their products to be sewn. But we also support women downstairs in our shop. That's where we hire younger women, often new migrants that have only been in Australia for one or two years, Mm. and they're in their, you know, in their early 20s, and they would like to start working in Australia, but it's so hard to get your first job. So we get them in, we train them up, we teach them everything there is to know about retail, and then we transition them out to other employment, whether it's retail, customer service, restaurants, you have it. Mm, wow, so it's, it's a great operation there, Camilla, obviously creating some really positive impact for the, the different people involved. So in your experience working there then, what have been some of the biggest challenges in growing your social enterprise or perhaps even just sustaining it throughout COVID? And how have you worked through these challenges? Plenty of challenges, as you would know, as there always are with social enterprises. The biggest one, I suppose, being in the fashion industry is how you get seen how Mm. do you get heard how do you compete in a very crowded space 
with all those brands that have much more money than you have to pay for their marketing and yes. therefore appear to be very ethical and sustainable but truly are not. How do you get that space for yourself? Mm. The key to me is, and I've learned it very well now with COVID, is stay true to your values. Mm. When COVID, we have to shut the doors to our store. We sell 80% of our clothes in our store. And so it was a big dilemma. I was like, are we going to survive? And a lot of people were saying, why don't you start making face masks? And I thought, ah. Everybody's making face masks. It's a bit of a weird thing. I don't want to be making money of a really bad situation. But then I thought hard and long about our values. And I said, okay, we can use a lot of remnant fabric, especially all the small bits, to make face masks. Mm. But we are only going to make them with a buy one, give one model, which essentially meant that any customer that came to us to buy a face mask had to buy two. The second one would be donated to a person in need who didn't have the mean, who doesn't have the means to buy a reusable face mask. Mm. And we all need this to stay true to our values, but what happened is that it was a nice story and the media loved it. So that's where we, again, found our, our voice and, and a space. And everybody started writing about, oh, the social outfit has this model. And we sold over 10,000 face masks, wow. which is incredible for such a small workroom like ours. Absolutely, it is. And so throughout all this process and in working closely with these women, Camilla, where have you seen opportunities to better support refugee women in employment and integration? Well, I, as I often say when people say, you know, why do you do this? These women, these women could get government support in Australia. You don't need to give them a job. And mm. I'm like, a job in Australia for these women represents so much more than a paycheck. It's a step towards integration. It's a step towards building your confidence. And ultimately, it's a step towards your independence. Yeah. So it's really, really important. But the first job, it's so hard to get. In fact, for us, 90% of the women we hire, we have provided them with their first Australian job. So what I would love employers in Australia and entrepreneurs to think about is that when you see somebody who comes from another country, do consider what they did in that other country. Don't erase their past completely. It doesn't matter if they haven't worked here. They have some good experiences to bring to bear from their past. Let's not discriminate them because of that. Otherwise, they will be stuck. And it's really important that they work. And it's also really important that we listen to them and to what their aspirations are. I find that a lot of these women in Australia get channeled into a particular area. And that's aged care. But some of them might have completely different wishes and desires and skills. And we know that it's not until you do what you're passionate mm. about that you do it really well. Absolutely. So what advice then would you be offering to other women who are aspiring to enter these leadership roles in their organization? Because one thing I suppose is providing support to refugee women or migrant women to enter the workforce. But for those who have deeper experience and are really looking to lead the organization, what have you learned? I've learned that it's important to forget the imposter syndrome. We mm -hmm. all have it. Just don't listen to it. Don't give it the space that it's trying to get. Don't be scared of your ideas. I, 
I used to whisper my ideas in the ears of the big bosses at the UN and then see them own their ideas and say them out loud and everybody's clapping and go. And I'm thinking, why did I do that? Don't make my mistake. Mm. I think women need to be brave and have the courage to stand for their ideas. And at the same time, do not ever forget to be kind because being kind always pays off. Mm -hmm. And then the other advice I think, which is again, something I learned recently is don't be scared to make change. I made a massive change in my career going from the global to the local. And I've proven to myself that I could do it, but also I've never been happier. Change is good. Mm. It's frightening though, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's terrifying. But I also think coming across, so when I was working at the Institute for Economics and Peace, for example, the founder of the Institute for Economics and Peace knew nothing about peace research and the theory and the science. He's a school dropout that made a a lot of money in tech and then Mm. set up a foundation. But his brain applied to the problem of how do you build peace in countries was incredible. He brought so much innovation to the field. Mm. So I think it's not only experts, it's more important to have people from different sectors move around in order to ensure that we bring that that innovation, those new ideas to bear. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we started delving into perhaps some other projects there that are creating some really positive social change. So what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently, which you think are just creating some excellent change? Well, if I can be totally self-serving here, I'd love to mention an initiative that we are working on at the Social Outfit, which is called Where the Change. So in my international career, I got really frustrated and sick of the fact that my suitcase was always four times bigger than my male counterparts. And it was because of this pressure that women have to wear a different outfit every day. And From a waste perspective, in Australia, every product that is sold is worn on average seven times before it ends up in landfill. Mm. So we need to change this. We need to change the approach and debunk the myth that we we can't be stylish unless we wear new clothes all the time. So what is change? Where the change is a campaign that we will be running during Refugee Week, which is in the middle of June, that will ask people to take a challenge to wear the same garment for five days in a row, styled in five different ways, to, on one side, raise funds for the work that we do, and on the other, really spread the word about ethical fashion and the fact we don't need to consume so much and we can be stylish by wearing the same, the same item over and over. Yeah, it sounds like a great campaign, Camilla, so we'll keep an eye on that. And so to finish off then, what books or perhaps other resources would you recommend to our listeners? Great questions. I have a book that I've read very recently that I would wholeheartedly recommend. It's called Rising Heart and its author is Aminata Conte-Bige. Aminata sits on the board of the social outfit. She is a refugee. She arrived in Australia many, many years ago as the first refugee from Sierra Leone. She had been kidnapped in her teens and kept as a sex slave by the rebels during the civil war in in Sierra Leone. Mm. And the reason I commend the book is that this is her memoir of her life. And it's a powerful reminder of how the human spirit can overcome any obstacle. 
Mm. But it also reminds us that refugees are not enemies. They're really heroes. So I would recommend everyone to read that book. Certainly sounds like a great one. We'll stick a link into the article so our listeners can click on through and have a look. So Camilla, it's been a pleasure to learn from you today. Thanks so much for sharing your really generous insights and time. And we'll certainly look forward to following the journey of the social outfit into the future. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.